Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the 144th Beyond Bitcoin Show. It's been a while. Today is March the 6th, 2023, the day before Purim. It is the fest of Esther. Strong hand. Long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next. Bitcoin, be a unique beast. 2024 having, baby. It's like a year away. Trust anchor. Solutions over sympathy. Oh, we'll talk about that today. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I'm offended by selling conviction. Be a creator, baby. Disintermediation. Confident decentralist here. Hello, my elite friends. Oh, yeah, I felt like doing a Beyond Bitcoin show for the first time since March the 31st of 2021. We're giving you Beyond Bitcoin. You know what goes on here. It is live. You can ask me questions about anything. We're going to talk about current events. 80% or noise. We'll talk a little Bitcoin here and, and there. There's a lot of things I've been writing down. I thank everybody on Twitter. I'm TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. You tweeted that this show was going live. 10 different, 11 of you did it. So I went live as soon as 10 of you did it. And uh, it, this show is live. So ask questions, super chat will get my attention or just type in Bitcoin Meister. I'm happy to be alive, but of course, I'm happy to be alive every day. Look, I got a new shirt here. Oh, this is great. FOMO 21. It's linked to below, everyone. Okay. This dude is in motion. He's making great t-shirts. He sent me three here in Greenville, South Carolina, where I'm going to be until Passover. And this is... The first one I'm wearing, don't worry, I'll be wearing, and there's even, an, and another company has sent me some too. I've been tweeting them out also. They're going to send me one next week. So we're going to have all sorts of new sh shirts. I have so many shirts, but I love this one. It's a an Israel Bitcoin shirt, okay? You can see the Bitcoin in the middle of the orange Israeli flag. And I was just immediately attracted to this shirt because since, what, the Gush Katif catastrophe, I have wanted an orange Israeli flag. And so this shirt has a double meaning, okay? And you guys can figure it out. If you're from Israel, you know what the double meaning is and that what happened in Gush Katif was horrible and that uh, Gaza is part of Israel. It should be part of Israel. But right now, it's not that Israelis gave it up for peace how that work out for them? How'd that work out for them? Um, but on the other hand, let's segue into some of the Beyond Bitcoin stuff. So I've always wanted an orange Israeli flag. It, it, it means something. And But this is a Bitcoin one. Obviously, it has a Bitcoin meaning to it. But for me, it has another meaning also. And so the Abraham Accords, let's talk about that. Because people didn't make a big deal out of when Trump did that back in the day. And that has brought on some, some forms of peace in and around Israel, at least when uh, Trump was in office. Now, the president of the United States, I don't like to put him on a pedestal at all. But one thing that the president of the United States is, in, is supposed to do 
is uh, deal with the uh, foreign policy of the 50 states, okay? The, the 50 states are supposed to be relatively separate entities that are united under a, a defensive pact, should, should we say, you know, just in case they're attacked by outside forces, uh, that there's this national government, and that the national government isn't supposed to do much, but uh, uh, anyway, it's not a nation. It's 50 states. There, there's a difference here. Now, we're not going to get into all of that. So what Trump did in terms of foreign policy well, he made it easier for Americans uh, to really do trade with, uh, to feel comfortable trading with Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates and, and, and going to these places because they made peace with a normal country called Israel, okay? Israel is a modern country. It is not a uh, religious uh, dictatorship in any way. Um, it is uh, the people elect a government over there and they are a secular. Now, there are religious parties in the government, but it's a secular base to the country. Very much so. I mean, there were like communists that were I mean, there's communists in the government now in Israel, but they were communists that were behind, some communists were behind the founding of Israel. There were all sorts of Europeans and Jews from all over the world that were from all secular and religious uh, backgrounds that, that that formed the country back in the day. Now, the bigger question is, uh, is it the United States' responsibility um, to make peace between warring entities um, that have nothing to do with the United States, that there's no interest? And, and one can make an argument that, no, is, there is no real United States interest in Israel we shouldn't help any country make peace with Israel. We shouldn't help any country make peace with any country. We should just worry about our country. Okay, that, that's fine. That's fine. But let, let's just say, you know, again, the president of the United States is supposed to be involved in uh, international diplomacy. And for me, the Abraham Accords, <clears throat> at first I didn't really trust it. I was like, is this a big show? Is this another piece of paper? Is this going to really do anything for Israel or the region? And, you know, three years later, I'm looking back on it. I'm seeing um, what Jewish people are writing about Dubai, that they're going to Dubai more, that they're trading with Dubai. They feel more comfortable with Dubai. And maybe to, to a, and I haven't looked into the Bahrain thing. Um, Bahrain's a, a little bit different, but, but that, that was part of the Abraham Accords also. But the United Arab Emirates made peace with Israel. They don't... We, we're not going to hate you because of you've got these angry Arabs in Judea and Samaria and Gaza. We're, we're just not going to, you know, let them have their beef with you. OK, we're not going to get we're not going to get let it get in the way in, uh, of international trade with you. OK, so this is choosing secularism and individualism over religious fanaticism. That's what this boiled down to. And that's what. The United States endorsed with this deal and it's working. And I respect any Arab country that can say, you know, we're not going to play this hate game, this religious insanity or use a, a bunch of angry people as a club over another country based on religion. Let's just get down to the, the nitty gritty dirty things. Let's have trade. Let's have let's make money. Let's get rich and you know, there's so much innovation going on in Israel. 
there's so many uh, entrepreneurs. They want to go to the United Arab Emirates and see what they, you know, they want to see Dubai and, and go there legally and not have to hide their passports and, and make financial deals with them and have them come to Israel and, and see, you know, how innovative they are. Because I, I've seen the pictures, too. Uh, of Dubai. I have been curious for years and years, but there was no way I was going to go to a country uh, where they were going to really not, not care about me as an individual, but wonder about me and think I'm a spy for some country just because my religion, you know, have a, they got it. Now, so Jewish people and Adam Meister, who's a Jewish person. Yes. Um, I want to go there. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would uh, I would end up uh, visiting Dubai. I, I feel comfortable now after reading a, a lot, and I've done some research about this. This is not just like a spur of the moment thing. So, and this boil goes back to the Abraham Accords. It was a good thing, and it wasn't over yet. He wanted to Trump and the Israelis wanted to make peace with Saudi Arabia, which is. A, pretty wretched of a place uh, on a certain level, but they have a big economic program, a big development they have planned. It's called Neon, Neom or something. And I'm interested in that. And you know what? If they're willing to put this religious craziness aside and just get down to it and be like, you know, this is the most productive thing for this region. Let's not be stuck with oil. And all this stuff that other people built for us. <laughs> okay, let's move on to technology and on a certain level emulate Israel, which is got no natural resources. It's a little small country. It's doing well because of technology. But the whole golden age is about technology. And in Dubai, they have all these uh, cryptocurrency friendly, I, I don't like the word regulations, but they're friendly. You can open a business there. They're not going to hassle you. And so it, maybe Saudi Arabia could go the same way with their Neom thing, okay? And I think that's what they want to do. Now, that, that, so I, I, it appeared they were getting you know close to, to being part of this Abraham Accords. We have a new, uh, 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 the president's changed the United States. And again, he's, a, he's the guy in charge of foreign policy, Biden. If I were, was him, I would have kept on going with the Abraham Accord stuff. I think these people in our country are, have made everything so politicized um, that they didn't want to give Trump any credit for anything. So they've abandoned this, which is terrible for the world. If Saudi Arabia and Israel make peace, I mean, and increase the trade. Oh, I mean, there's no trade between Saudi Arabia and Israel now, right? I mean, there's probably illegal trade. But just put it all out there on the table. Say, you know what? It, this is it. We're in it for the money. And so people are like, oh, they're going to use it. You know, okay, yeah, people do bad things with money. It, it's better than just being haters and using a bunch of people as a club to commit, you know, internal terrorism against another country in, in Israel, you know, and helping fund these angry people. And during, so during the Trump administration, the Arabs in Judea and Samaria, they calmed down some toward the end. Now they're rioting and they're going crazy again. Uh, and I think a certain you know, part of it is they know that the United States is a referee, unfortunately, and that the referee doesn't give a darn anymore. And that you know Saudi Arabia isn't giving up on them right now. There is going to be no Saudi Arabia adding to the Abraham Accords. So they're, they're committing brazen attacks on 
on Jewish people in, in Judea and Samaria. I made a video in uh, Samaria, you know, when I was there back in uh, 2020. And it's a beautiful place. And right near where I was, right, right, right I mean, right near, um, what's it called? Shechem. It's a, you, some people call it Nablus. It's called Shechem. And uh, in Shechem, they're going crazy. The, the Arabs are going crazy there um, right now. So it's, uh, I just want to, I want to put that out there that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like putting presidents on, uh, on pedestals and all that. And I, you know what? I haven't checked the chat. The chat here, uh, one of my chats is messed up. And so let me, I got to go to another. Oh, here, no, no, no. Taval is in the house. All right, good. Now it's working. I can see Taval. Hello, everybody. Pound that like button, indeed. So let's go to live chat. All right. Uh, I've been to Dubai in 2016. It was good. Different, but good. Yeah, again, they are a country, and the United States could learn something from them, too, where they depend completely on, um, well, letting in uh, cheap workers. I'm, I'm not for the United States giving everybody a citizenship and allowing everyone to vote. But I like the model of letting anybody in, letting anybody work. We need people to do our grunt work. It's, it's, and so Dubai, they let all the foreigners do the grunt work, not the Western foreigners. The Western foreigners. So in, in Dubai, you're a Western foreigner. You live like a king. Then if you're a foreigner from some, you know, Pakistan, you do better than you did in Pakistan, but you got to clean the toilets and stuff. We need dudes to clean the toilets here. And it'll increase at, in the United States. Our level, uh, it was people are very much have they've taken uh, immigration to an extreme in the, in the United States in terms of their you shouldn't fear immigration that they're, they're and, and especially uh, immigration from th third world countries can be a positive. You don't have to give them the right to vote. Let them make money. Let them add to our economy. Let them make our lives more comfortable. The citizen, there's nothing wrong with that. It's better. To clean toilets in the United States of America, believe me, than it is to live in Bangladesh or in, in, in India or, or or Pakistan. I mean, come on now, come on, and it's proven in Dubai. And I'm looking forward to going to Dubai one of these days. Um, you know, that's still on the drawing board. I got to renew my passport pretty soon. God, I love this shirt; it's great. So, what else do we have here? Um, okay. Um, all right. We got um, Abraham is in the house. Thank you, Abraham. And keep retweeting this, people. Get get some more people. Let's do the super chat. Again, there's someone that's asking me questions here. You, and you know who you are. You know who you are who's asking questions. You're, you're a person who has altered yourself below the belt or something. You know, one of those people, one of those trendies, or you pretend you have or something like that. I know what you are. I know what you are. You have to pay me money to ask a question, okay? So do a super chat because I gave you free information on Twitter. And I said, you know, I, you know, you've been, you know, I've been giving you some time on Twitter. Let's uh, set up an appointment. So, and you, you said you have new, you know, you, you gave the thing. Look, you're a bum on the street of Baltimore. Like you got no money or something like that. You're a beggar. You're pathetic. So, You've been ignored, you freak of nature. Whatever you've done to yourself below the belt there or to up here, plastic surgery rise, yeah, it's disgusts me. It really, you know, you're free, you're a grown up, you can do that to yourself, but you owe me money 
okay, for the questions. And I ignore you and I'll continue to ignore you. And you're nothing but a troll. You're like a bum who who begs for cigarettes on the streets, corners of Baltimore, okay? So you do a super chat like a real man, okay? Or maybe you cut it off. You, you do a super chat like a real man. You pay me and I'll answer your pathetic questions, all right? How about that? How about that? You know who you are. All right. So let's go. Let's talk about some more real life stuff here. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. All right. There are rumors that RFK Jr. wants to run for president. Now, I respect this man a lot. I It's linked to below. I tweeted about RFK Jr. in 2020 when Eric Weinstein and his brother are talking about the unity ticket. We need uh, a bunch of people from the left and the right to get together and run. And I, I said, you know, why don't you ask Robert Kennedy Jr.? He's the perfect guy because he's on the left from a big time family. All the Democrats are obsessed with. But he's talking about this virus stuff in a respectable manner. Okay. He's not buying the party line on the virus stuff. He didn't. And he, I mean, he, he's got, he's got some core beliefs and he doesn't care if people call him an anti-vaxxer. He doesn't care. He's stuck with his core beliefs, Robert Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Okay. So at the time, you know, he's got this, um, he's got a, a problem with his voice. It's, it's totally messed up. Um, and that was a, that was a negative I pointed out at the time, um, but we we progressed to a point in time now where the current president of the United States can hardly speak because he's got brain damage. Okay, the senator from Pennsylvania like can't speak at all, and he has sadly brain damage and stuff. So we we've gotten to a point where the Democrats are totally you know used to electing people who can't who can't speak correctly anymore. And it's Robert F. Kennedy, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an issue, but his brain is fine. Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s brain is fine. So over the weekend or maybe before the weekend, it, it, it's the rumors are coming out that he's thinking about running in the New Hampshire um, primary. Now, what's happened here in the United States is that the Democrats, because they become, they don't see things through a cultural lens anymore. Well, they never did, Okay. Seeing things through the cultural lens is sophistication, okay? Seeing things through the racial lens is the most primitive thing out there. And the Democrats have taken that to a new level to, uh, to a point where they think having the first primary in New Hampshire is, is bad for their base. They want something diverse. But New Hampshire is diverse. If you use your brain, there are all sorts of people that think differently in New Hampshire. The Democrats there... There, there ones that you know skewed libertarian. There's, there's ones who came from from Massachusetts who couldn't stand the taxes. But the, the Democratic Party just sees things racially based. Uh, lots of them now, sadly, national on a national level. So they're like, we're moving our first primary to South Carolina. But apparently, North North New Hampshire, excuse me, New Hampshire hasn't given up possibly still having their primary before South Carolina. Now, if the president of the United States wouldn't run, you know, if, if the Democrats don't endorse it, they say they can have their primary, but we're not counting it, then that would not be cool. That, But 
they have the leverage because Joe Biden would just say, I'm running in South Carolina. I love diverse, this type of diversity. But if Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's a big name, he could add legitimacy to the New Hampshire primary again, even if the Democrats say this doesn't count. And then other Democrats who are bold enough to run against Biden, and we're not talking about Gavin Newsom. He, the only way he's going to run against Biden, he's not going to run against Biden. Only if Biden, you know, drops out. That that's how Gavin Newsom will, and Gavin Newsom probably, Biden probably will drop out. I think, um, or, or not drop out, but uh, give up beforehand. I, I think he's got issues. But um, but you see where I'm going with this. This is uh, very strategic on the part of uh, Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. because his family's huge in New Hampshire. He will win New Hampshire. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to make that prediction, but. Um, just on, on last name alone, he's got an advantage in New Hampshire that no one else has, okay? Because it's almost like Massachusetts, and that's where they're from originally. Uh, and it is kind of weird as the Democratic Party has become more, you know, guilty and hate-filled and, and just like envious. It's just the woke, and it's not everyone. Um, they've kind of forgotten about the Kennedys. The Kennedys are almost like conservative. That and so. <laughs> It, it, it's very odd. It's, uh, you know, because a lot of people are like, the Kennedys are leftists. The Ken- and maybe they are, but not not to the extreme. That's what's going on right right there, right now. So, um, all right. That's my take on Robert. I, I want to see it happen. I, I love, and uh, yeah, I love political shakeups. Shake I think that's good. I think the United States needs more uh, diversity of thought in politics. I think politics is mostly a waste of time, but, um, you know, it, it could spur a third party. We need more parties. We need just, just more voices and, and less uh, l- less fear. And something that's also been brought up is the expansion of, of, of Congress. You know, right now, like, uh, it's like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's insane. You know, we only have 435 people in Congress. It means each congressman represents like a million. I, I forgot. what I don't know what the exact number is, but. More congressmen, more. We need a. I think the founders wanted a each congressman to represent forty thousand people. Now, if that was the case, now um, you know there'd be thousands of people in Congress. We can handle it. They can do it remotely. They proved it during the pandemic. So uh, <laughs> pound that like button for that. So let's let's also talk. Um, the CPAC just happened. It looked like Trump invited a bunch of his friends there or something. And so it was like a Trump fest. I didn't pay much attention. But this Vivek guy, I like this Vivek. I can't I can't pronounce his last name. He's a businessman. He's actually accomplished things in his life financially. He doesn't. He's been on Ben Shapiro's show before. He's, I, or, I knew about him before him. And I'm impressed because he's a smart guy. He's from the Cincinnati area. <laughs> I think he's... Uh, He's seen some of the similar things that I've seen from the Baltimore area, Baltimore and Cincinnati, or although I've never been in Cincinnati, I know they're similar. And um, yeah, and so he brings an interesting perfect, uh, perspective, this Vivek guy. And if the Republicans at, at their debate stage, at the very least, they, I support Vivek being in the Republican uh, debates, okay? And I... You know, right now, if I were to pick a Republican, I think I, I would pick DeSantis, obviously. And we're going to talk about him, him in a second. But second would be Vivek, because he he is truthful. He, you know, th- there were some things I think he got too populist on in some of his past tweets. 
Like I had this in my head about him, this thought like he was too much into the class warfare type. Now I haven't seen anything. I don't like class warfare at all. That is one of my basic tenets. I'm totally against race warfare, class warfare. I don't see things through the racial or the class lens. I see things through the cultural lens, okay? There are some cultures that are more productive and better than others, okay? Now, I I was raised in the Jewish culture, and a lot of people have are curious about the Jewish culture. I got to say, they make up all sorts of nice little stereotypes about it, and they wonder why are there so many Jewish communists? Why are there so many Jewish Marxists? Why are there so many Jewish um, uh, neocons? Why are there so many Jewish liberal? In it, they never say why are there so many Jewish um, people in Ayn Rand's movement, and there are. There are so many um, objectivists, Jewish objectivists, so many. They never say that because they don't care about it. People don't care about it, objectivism. They don't make up uh, crazy uh, conspiracy theories about it. But, you know, communist Marx and, and uh, Marxists and communists are bad. Do, it can be very, very bad. Marxism, we'll talk about Marxism in the second and philosophy overall. But this is the thing. Any culture that focuses on intellectual pursuits is going to produce a lot of smart people who end up in every single intellectual major intellectual movement. Marxism is a major intellectual movement, not a good one. Uh, Ayn Rand and objectivism, it's a, it's a pretty big one right there, not as big as Marxism, but even in the small ones. So there's your answer, you conspiracy nutcases. Why uh, Jewish people do No. Jewish people, I can't, it, we had to get good grades. I mean, it was like, I mean, my parents didn't put pressure. It was just expected. It was just like, you would go to, you're going to a good college. You're going to a good college for the sake of going to a good college. I don't even know why. It's just, you had to. It was just like, of course I would end up at a good college. I knew since I was in elementary school, I was going to end up at a good college. And I did. I went to Washington University of St. Louis. And when I was there, I didn't even know why. I, I just, I'm here because this is the best college I got into. I'm like, to a point, it's insanity. It's just like, I, I was young, though. I was so young. Um, you know, I, I wish I had more of a philosophical, I had no philosophical background at all. Not, I mean, other than my, my religion and everything, but that's a different type of philosophy and everything. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we went on a little bit of a tangent there, but a lot of you just don't get it. And I just, I wanted to bring it down to a very simple cultural ex explanation. The cultures that, that's, and I love cultures that that stress intellectualism, and I think secular, the secular Judaism um, culture in the United States has gone has gone too leftist. It really, it really has to a point where um, the young Jewish people are only learning these leftist uh, ideologies that are kind of, uh, you know, they they might in increase your brain capacity and might uh, make you open to certain ideas, but they you know, wall you off from other things. And it's a, it's just, you know, Ayn Rand was Jewish. Um, and it's just a shame that more Jewish people should learn about Ayn Rand and, and that philosophy. And that takes me to a point on Marxism and philosophy and uh, college level philosophy. First, first of all, I've said this recently in other videos. Um, I, I think uh, high schools should be all teach philosophy. I think that's long gone. I mean, they hardly teach math anymore, right? It's like cultural math. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sad. 
it's not even it's like oh if you feel like two plus two equals five then yeah i mean but but you know go go there was a time that philosophy was a very important subject matter and uh you know if you're homeschooling your kids teach them philosophy it's so good it's so great it opens your mind to so much but on the college level we've gotten to a point now where those who have gotten involved in, in philosophy on the periphery of philosophy um basically philosophy for them is marxism there's no difference marxism is the philosophy being a victim and class warfare and power dynamics that is everything that philosophy is so thus their starting point in philosophy is marxism so of course they're not teaching ayn rand in colleges it has nothing it's the anti-marxism it's productivity that's why they they can't even fathom very smart people like they think uh ayn rand's a joke that's not real philosophy that's a woman writing stories that's not how you convey uh, and, and where's the class, you know, class struggle there? She's about the rich getting richer and this is, and productive. There's no victims. Victims aren't sanctified in her in her belief structure. It can't be a philosophy. So that is a blind spot for the leftists. They, I mean, they philosophy is leftism. Philosophy is Marxism. It's a very interesting way of looking at college level, high level, graduate level Marxism. And that's sad. That's sad. Uh, uh, philosophy. That's sad. That's what philosophy has become for very smart people. It's not the way it should be. That's a lack of uh, ideas right there in philosophy, which is the complete contradiction of philosophy. So you might not like that Ayn Rand write, writes books that regular people can, that can understand, but it is philosophy. It is. And it's a great philosophy. And I love it. All right. Um, all right. No, I, saw, I don't see any super chats. I see people yelping in there and stuff. All right. Be a unique beast. You better believe it. You better believe. It. And you, again, if you're a normal person in here who's not, you know, a, a sickening, disgusting person like that person who owes me money, um, you can do just a regular, just, you know, type in Bitcoin Meister and get my attention and I'll, I'll answer your question. Remember, it's 11.43 here on the East Coast right now. One o'clock, a UK Bitcoin master will go live. And again, it is the fast of Esther today. I'm fasting tomorrow's Purim. Um, and I hope everybody has a great Purim. And later this week, of course, Shabbat Shalom. Um, and we will have more shows uh, soon. We're going to, you know, because I got to debut my new shirts. And the, the guys who sent me a shirt, that's way of, that's way of sponsoring the shows. That's, that's great. That's great. And I have retweeted. And it's linked to below where you can get shirts. Where you can get this shirt is, is exactly linked to below. All right. And when I say you're sick, when people are sick, um, that are, you know, that have these men, it's a mental illness that's going around the United States right now with, when you think you're something, a, 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 a gender that you're not. Okay. It's a contagious popular mental illness. And it is sad that some people take physical extremes to themselves to, to help get rid of this mental illness. We have pedestaled mental illness because uh, woke culture pedestals uh, the powerless, the victims, and to be an angel, you have to take the side of victims. And I love, I love it to say, because I'm a unique beast, I'm not on the side of the so-called angels, okay? 
that's what Thomas, I learned from Thomas Sowell's book, uh, an audio book I, I listened to uh, uh, recently. He, he, he points out how the people in college, uh, at the college level, want to be on the side of the angels. So they try to make uh, certain minorities victims and twist the statistics in a way that make a, you know, make government programs seem necessary and that there's all this hate out there in the world and everything like that. So again, let's be honest, people. There are a lot. Mental illness is spreading because mental illness is popular. Don't let, you know, you can be woke. You could be whatever. But if you, if you are using your kid as basically a real life NFT, like, look, I got this cool kid that's mentally ill, but let's pretend that I may mentally ill. I'm allowed to be mentally ill. And I'm, in, I'm in, you know, encouraging my kid to take uh hormone drugs and mutilate him or herself. Um, you're using your kids as an NFT. It's disgusting. A real life NFT. Just, just a little, a little trinket to brag about. So you can go on social media and say, well, look, look at my kid. Look at my, my kid's nothing. It's not a real person. It's just an NFT. It's a non-fungible. Your kid's a real person. People. God. It's like, it's, people have lost touch with reality. So again, if you are mentally ill, I do feel for people who are mentally ill. Okay. Now, if a mentally ill person Fs me over financially, that I, I'm not going to have mercy, okay? Dude, you know, there's certain levels of mental illness that people have. There's this, you're not schizophrenic. You, you, I mean, you should be able to handle money and stuff. You, you claim you're stacking sacks and everything like that. Um, and so, and mental Ill, mentally ill people who feel the need to spread their mental illness, and, 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 and that's the way they make it okay. I don't like that. I don't like that. There's right and there's wrong. Figure it out. There's, there's ways to work through your issues. And it might have been brought on by horribly tragic things. What happens to young kids to make them think they're the wrong sex? I can only imagine some bad, really bad things. You need to speak to a shrink, some of these people, okay? What adults can do to children is unspeakable. And those people, God willing, will get theirs. Um if they phys ever physically done anything to a child, but mentally too, it, it, it's horrible. The abuses that, that can go on there. All right. All right. And, and Vinny says he likes my shirt. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny. Um, again, and I, I, I've talked about it and I, I've earlier, we talked about the shirts and what it means it, to go to the beginning uh, of the video. Okay. So we've talked, I just want to make sure I cover everything that's in this title of this video too. All right. So much to cover, guys. Play this at 2x if you're not watching this live, okay? So we talked about RFK. We talked about Vivek, Abraham Accords, uh, travel, Israel, Russia soon, okay. College-level Marxism. Uh, let's talk about people that uh, other videos, other guys and gals you could watch out there. That I, I don't. I talk about Ben Shapiro a lot, and everybody knows I, I try to get – I think Ben Shapiro is a good, a good source of information. It's obviously biased toward the right some. Uh Someone who I talk about uh, that a lot of you are algorithm slaves you don't watch is Glenn. Uh, what's his name? Glenn, Glenn uh, on uh, on Rumble. Why am I not thinking of Glenn's name? Glenn Greenwald. Okay, now I don't agree with Glenn Greenwald all the way, all the time. But again, he he believes in freedom of speech. It's such a core tenet of Glenn Greenwald's. So go to Rumble and watch him there. I, I've been like watching every 
Glenn Greenwald. I mean, it's like my news hour. And I, of course, I watch it taped. So uh, I, I played it 2x and only lasts a half hour for me. But <laughs> he has been great lately. He takes these mainstream narratives and he's like, this is why the mainstream media is biased. They're lying over this Tucker Carlson stuff. They just want Tucker Carlson to go down. Watch his, his recent stuff, okay? So I mean, I'm watching, you know, I've fallen behind on uh, on Ben, but I stay up to touch on Glenn. On Glenn. And, Glenn, and again, I don't agree with Glenn all the time. Now there's another Glenn I don't agree with all the time either. That's Glenn Lowry. And, and Glenn Lowry is the guy um, who has introduced me to my, my buddy. Uh, we'll get to him in a side. God, I, I lost. Uh, who's my uh, Greg Thomas. Greg Thomas was on the Glenn, 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 Glenn Lowry show. And Glenn and, and Greg Thomas has played a really big role in, you know, clarifying in my mind, cultural lens over racial lens. Now, Glenn Laurie, unfortunately, is he's a good economic, econ, economic, a great economics professor, professor on a certain level. He still sees things through a racial, racial lens a lot, uh, Glenn Laurie. And so, I mean, you're, you're going to get that on the Glenn Laurie show. Look him up. And just it's someone to explore. He introduces you to different people maybe you've never heard of before. And then you have to be proactive and look them up. Like I did look up Greg Thomas. I linked to Greg Thomas below again. I'm going to talk about him in, in, in a second. Uh, again, I, I just want to clarify business culture over religious culture is what the uh, Abraham Accords boil down to. That's a simple explanation. I'd like to give, you know, individualism over collectivism. Again, I, 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 said that before, but again, I wanted to stress that I'm just, you know, erasing all the stuff I've covered here. Uh, and yeah, the Arab countries that make these economic pacts with Israel and really mean it and really let Jewish people into their country without restriction and really let Israelis into their country and really let in some sort of Western type of trade and Western started development, they're going to really benefit. They're going to rise to the top. But you can see these countries that don't do it, they're holes. I mean, they're, they're, they're terrible places, okay? And uh, the, the, and it, it takes you on an anti-regulation uh, route. It's, 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 a, it's a great step toward uh, anti-regulation, you know? Oh, it sets, uh, and just economic freedom, you know, becoming uh, friends with uh, your former enemy. And it's not just Israel and the Arab countries. There's other countries that can take these steps too that aren't aren't as popular. And again, I you know, Team Biden, they really are extreme if they didn't continue this with Saudi Arabia, just because they didn't want to give credit to Trump. That would be that would be sad. That would be sad. Uh, because right, yeah, because again, there is more there's more war and violence in, in the world now because the Abraham Accords were cut short. And that the Saudi Arabia Israel part weren't allowed, and that's uh, that that is unfortunate. So, and I link we we talk about the old unity ticket that uh, the the Weinstein brothers theorized. I tweeted out in 2020. It's linked to below that I think Robert F Kennedy Jr. would be perfect, and now all of a sudden Robert F Kennedy Jr. might really run, run for president. No unity ticket as a Democrat, but hey. 
So yeah, Vivek Ra Ra Ramaswamy is unfriendly toward uh, central bank digital currencies at the very least. So he, uh, and another thing, he, he is a foreign policy guy that doesn't want to interfere with all these countries. And he understands that executive orders basically are unconstitutional. And on his first day, he will get rid of the unconstitutional executive order, which is affirmative action. Affirmative action is nothing but an a, a executive order. All the Republican presidents since Nixon, that is Ford, because I believe it was Nixon who made this uh, executive order, which are totally unconstitutional, uh, because it's, it's the Congress, it's the legislature that's supposed to make the laws. Um, but I believe it was Richard Nixon who came up with the uh, affirmative action uh, executive order. That means Ford, Reagan, Bush the first, Bush the second, Trump, all could have gotten rid of the executive order in one second, affirmative action executive order. They did not. So you say Democrats believe in executive in uh, executive orders and affirmative action. Well, every Republican president did too. So Vedic Raswamami will bring that to the debate stage. If a Republican president becomes, um, if a Republican becomes president, DeSantis or whatever, he, he he should do that. No excuse. I like DeSantis. Now, there was something I wanted to say about DeSantis that a lot of people haven't uh, said that uh, my brother actually made me think of. And the great Brian McClanahan and the Abbeville Institute, which I've mentioned before. Look them up. Look up the Hoover Institute. Okay? These are all people that I watch videos of. But let's go back to this country. The president, a very, you know, we put this on a pedestal. It's a powerful position, no doubt about it. It's not, it's, it's, too, it's too powerful. It wasn't supposed to be this powerful. And we, we've gotten to a situation where people are like desperate for a DeSantis type of dude who's going to speak the truth and everything. And DeSantis would make a good president in the current climate. There's no doubt about it. I think it could make a bigger impact for the United States if he did the following. Because the states, at the end of the day, they're the most important part of the United States. All right? If some of these states become so wacky People are going to need to flee to Wyoming and, and Florida and Texas and whatever. And many people are fleeing to Texas and Florida for financial reasons right now. That's the beauty. You've got 50 different options out there. But a governor can be really strong, can be much stronger. Each state has a different setup. It's almost, I'm not going to say more of a dictatorial type of situation, but the legislatures and states aren't as powerful as at the, the federal legislation is supposed to be over the, with, with, in terms of the president. It's not as balanced in some states. And because of that, DeSantis right now is only, he can only have, have eight, uh, eight years as a governor of Florida. This is what he should do. He shouldn't run for president. He should, uh, he should say, Florida, let's set up a situation where I can be his governor. I can have three terms, four terms, Okay. Let's change the Constitution. That would be step one. That would show power right there. Step two would be once he's got his third term, you know, he can run for a third term. He says, I'm not running for president. I'm going to run for third term. And I'm going to make Florida the most outspoken against the federal government state in the recent history of the United States. We are nullifying everything 
that I don't like from the federal government. That's how things change in the United States. One of these states gets the cojones to say, we're nullifying, okay? It's not about secession. We don't need to get there. That could be a threat that's on the table. It's insurance, okay? Nullification first, all right? So one thing that my brother brought up to me is like, why aren't any of these small states doing this right now? You know, and, and I I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah, that, that's, that opens up the opportunity for DeSantis to be the one to finally do this. To do it in the third most populated state would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's why it's not probably not going to happen. And, you know, he's power hungry on a certain level. But let's let's hit reality. What's reality right now? There are six states in the United States of America right now. Their governors should be doing exactly that same. We are the nullification states. I'm going to become a governor who, you know, I'm not following this trend anymore. We're having a powerful leader in this state because that's what states allow. If you don't like it, you can leave. I'm having three, ter- I don't think there's any state that allows three terms right now. Why aren't South Dakota, North Dakota, Idaho, Montana, Utah, and Wyoming, why aren't there go- any of their governors doing anything like this? Those six, they're the only six right now that can, that can do nullification easily right now, all right? And they might say, well, we won't. We're not going to get any federal funding anymore. We're going to lose a lot of federal funding. So they're basically uh, admitting that they are slaves to the federal government. They can't nullify the federal government because they're financial slaves. This is what you do. You get some billionaires together and say, we're going to be in the nullification capital of the United States. We're, all these tax laws, all this financial regulations, they aren't happening in our state. In return... We might lose some federal funds. You billionaires, are you willing to donate to our to our state coffers until we can get a you know make things run smoothly again? And there will be billionaires that will be able to privately just donate money for this. It will be worth it for for crypto millionaires, billionaires to be like, okay, we'll make up for some of the federal funds you're not getting any longer. You're a very small state. You don't have that many people in welfare. Wyoming is the least populated state in the country, right? It could, Wyoming would be the easiest. So again, my question is, and Utah, the freaking Republican governor, is woke. Some of the things he says are insane. It's insane. Now, you might say Idaho and Utah are lost because they've got these big, uh, well, you, you, Salt Lake City, they've got Salt Lake City and, and Boise, which are uh, left-leaning areas. Still, these states are overwhelmingly vote for on the, on the federal level for, for, for Republicans. And, and I, I mean, Montana, Montana's had some uh, Democrats, sneak, but there are other reasons why Democrats sneak into this because they, they all have political histories, different cultural histories in each one of these states. But I've been to South Dakota. Christy Nome is a big talker of the talk. And then culturally, she gave in to the left also. It's unbelievable. They're scared. They're federal slaves, each and every one of them. Who? What's governor? And, and part of the reason I say do the third term, fourth term thing. So I know they, they want some political stability. They want a political job. Okay, give yourself some more terms. That's your. If that makes you comfortable, able to, to fight the federal government, then let that be the tool the first tool in your arsenal, okay? 
But right now, South Dakota, North Dakota, well, I'm calling them out by name, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Utah, they should be nullificating, nullifying right now, right now, especially Wyoming. That's the easiest level. And I don't know much about the governor. I know he's got so few. I've got more followers than him on Twitter, I think. I don't think he's very good with his social media. But I spent eight days in Cheyenne. Go to, you know, I, I go to my archives. I haven't posted the video yet. And it's a pleasant place. It's very windy. It can, obviously, it was the beginning of May and it was still a little cold. Uh, but, but it's not far from Denver. You get all these people moving from Denver up to, it's really close to Denver. It's like an hour and a half away from Denver. It, it's amazing. But the mountain range, it, it's a different, different climate zone, different feel, different culture. Definitely. Very kind people there. Very, very nice. Very, very quiet. So th there's my take. Very different take that you've probably never heard about DeSantis running for president and some nullification in there. And, uh, yeah, those six Western states. Come on, come on. Uh, health. I, I had a, a health video that talked about I love eating seeds and peels. You know, seeds are easily accessible, okay? But a lot of people don't eat the cantaloupe seeds. I love them. I Again, they don't add that much taste. What I really love, love the cantaloupe seeds are healthy is what I'm saying. I, cantaloupe peels, banana peels. Oh, my God. Orange peels, but especially cantaloupe peels and banana peels, you, you heat them up, you, you make them into jerky. Oh my lord, I love them. The banana peels now, I love so much. I don't even. I only need to heat them up a little bit. I if they're ripe. If I love them, let these things. I'm letting all my bananas get brown, okay? And already this one, if I ate this one, and again, it's a fast day. I've made this part of my 41, 42 hour fast. This is, you don't, not everybody does. You know, if you're doing the fasts of Esther, you just don't need to drink water for, you know, it's not even a whole day thing. You don't drink water, you don't eat. For me, I, I make it into an extended fast to a, a 42 hours, whatever. It's my day. It'll end tomorrow. That's a tangent. But um, yeah, the when they're brown, when they're ripe like this, this are eating this peel like this, just heating it up a little bit. Oh my God, delightful, delightful. And this stuff is healthy, man. The, 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 the orange peel has as much health benefit in it as the, the regular part of the orange that you're used to eating, maybe more so, okay? Um, you know, and some of you are sugar. Like, oh, it's too much sugar that's in the regular orange. Okay, there's much less sugar in the, uh, I mean, there's much more, uh, whatchamacallit, fiber. This is the fiber part, okay? Mm, delicious, delicious. Love it. Love it. So that's been something that's uh, been new. I haven't talked about it that much since October, but um, really been good. Lots of been big on the peels since October and heating them up and making them like jerky. Now, yeah, yeah you got to do a little bit more work on the cantaloupe one, but the banana peel, now I don't even need to make it jerky anymore. Jerky feeling. It's just, just heat it up just a little bit. And once it's like that, it just, it goes, I'm able to consume easily. All right, what do we got? We don't have any, uh, people aren't doing the questions. We got people over there. Uh, and yeah, I will be in, uh, Lance, I see, is in the house. He's, uh, he is from uh, from Utah, the beautiful, the great state of Utah. And so, uh, I guess Utah could do better. 
Salt Lake City still is the best major city in the United States of America. I consider a major city in the United States of America one that has a, a professional, uh, a major league professional team. There are only about 50 of those. Salt Lake City has Utah Jazz. It's also got the, uh, what, Salt Lake. If you consider soccer uh, the fifth major league sport, whatever, it's got a soccer team too. Um, and during the summer and the spring, it's got good weather, at least during the summer. All right. Let's see. I, I'm continuing. We've been on the air for 51 minutes. I'm, I got more. Play this at uh, 2X. Play it at 2X. Red potato peels is, is, is it Dallas PC. You know, well, I don't like regular pot- sweet potato peels. I People peel their sweet potato peels. No, 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 no. I eat this. That's very healthy. I love sweet potatoes too. I love yams and sweet potatoes. Love them. Love them. And um, yeah, obviously I've, I've talked about, I love garbanzo beans. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. Enough. I've been a, be- a vegan now since February the 1st of 2022. So it's over a year now, over a year. It's been good. Um, let's, uh, Let's pound that like button, first of all, and let's move on. And everybody, pound that retweet button, too, and follow me on Twitter. And some of these video guys I've been mentioning, I retweet them on Twitter. I'm like, watch this video. You Watch this. these dudes you never heard of. But most people just are algorithm slaves. They'll, stay, they'll get the Lex. The Lex will be what uh, Lex Friedman is what YouTube will recommend. And so let's just watch it's really weird. Lex Friedman, and he is—he is okay. Sometimes he's fine. Um, he knows. It's a, some some some. He's exaggerated his connection to Yale, which was disappointing for me to learn. Uh, but he does understand uh, AI on, on the level, at least, of you know how to manipulate the YouTube algorithm. And that form of artificial, that primitive form of artificial intelligence, he's re- he is really good at uh, getting his videos to appear as the recommended videos, like, on no matter anything you watch. It's pretty crazy because I do see what YouTube recommends, and it's so often Lex Friedman. And Glenn Greenwald was the one who notified me to, like, everybody says this. <laughs> and so they were kind of ripping on Lex for that. And, you know, talking about his exaggerations, but to a certain extent, I don't care how smart the guy really is. He's a pretty smart guy. Maybe maybe he is an MIT material, okay? Not everyone could be MIT material. You can still be super smart and not be MIT material. Uh, at the very least, he knows how to manipulate the, uh, uh, the YouTube algorithm to be like the biggest thing in 80% or like so-called uh, alternative media. He has really done a great job promoting himself. And, and I think his uh, video with uh, Kanye West was great. If you watched the entire thing, you understood what Kanye West was all about. So uh, Lex Friedman, uh, contrib- he, he contributes to the intellectual space out there. He does. Is some of the stuff, uh, some of the guests he has to- totally mindless and weak and totally appealing to the 80 percenter. And, and is the love stuff an act or real is the love stuff corny? Yes, I'll say that to me. I can't stand his love stuff. Um, and I don't watch him that often um, because I, you, you only have that much, so much time. Uh, and I still, I mean, I go to BitChute to watch a day, to, to watch compute, computing forever still. 
and Molyneux still. All right? So there's some people, if you want to expand your mind but not be an algorithm slave, right out there. But I'll be giving you YouTube people also. And sometimes you will watch people. And I wish I would have, what's it called? Zero. Okay, I have it written down. So we talked, Robert Wright, Robert Wright of non-zero. And he is of the left, no doubt about it. Robert Wright, non-zero. Every week he interviews um, Mickey Kaus. And Mickey's sort of a leftist too. Both of them are older. Both of them could use an update, okay? Both of them, well, Rob, it's Robert's channel. And Robert is good at interviewing different people left and right. So he's got the cojones to to put people, he's comfortable enough still to have people from both sides of the spectrum. He's clearly on the left side of the spectrum. He clearly has blind spots where he doesn't stay in touch with current events and relies on third parties to tell him what Elon Musk is, is tweeting. He'll, he'll talk all about Elon Musk, Robert Wright, and be embarrassingly wrong about him because he's relying on a third party. It's horrible. If he just were to like read Elon Musk tweets, he would see, like he bought into the whole thing. Like Twitter is falling apart because Elon Musk is in charge. And Twitter is falling apart because the leftists are saying it's falling apart. Twitter isn't falling apart. Like observe reality, Robert. God, and I think all of you who are regular Twitter people like me know this to be the fact. Nothing has changed with Twitter very much, except some people have come back and different things trend. And Elon Musk admits that Twitter is biased toward him now, instead of what it was beforehand for people who wouldn't admit that it was biased. Sure, it's a little bit biased. It's it's a little bit more biased toward him, toward what he believes. He's the dictator of it. But beforehand, we were having it. It was so arbitrary. You didn't know when it was coming, when it was getting banned. You know how to get banned this time. It's pretty obvious how you're going to get banned. And it's not as arbitrary as it was beforehand. So that might have changed. That's changed. But like technically, is it falling apart? Is it falling apart? Did all the leftists leave to go to Mastodon? No. It's, it's, you know, all these options that are out there that they all were bragging they were going to go to. Did they go there? No. Did they, they're all sticking around. They're all using it. As, as a club against the left or a club against the right, if you're on the right and left or whatever, this, that, and the other. If you're, if you're a leftist, you use it as a club against the right. If you're right, it's, it's, still, this, there's this, it's still a bunch of hate-filled people. It's, but it's Robert, but let's go to non-zero, all right? It's the non-zero channel, Robert Wright. He's got a weekly show, and sometimes it's just like, it's cringeworthy, the show sometimes. It really is. Because you see like, oh my God, you want to say, okay, boomer to this guy. Like he's boomerang. It's terrible. But it shows you the blind spots that, you know, people that you might not agree with have. And, they, and then you'll see things from their perspective a little bit more. Like you see what their patterns are and what's stopping them from seeing what maybe you're seeing. And sometimes Mickey will correct him too. Um, <laughs> Again, Mickey is far from perfect also. Um, and But Robert is a smart man. And he, his principle, and it's a principle that I, he worships international law. I think that's a weakness right now there. But it's just because it's international law doesn't make it 
you know, the UN should not be your prime source of authority in life, okay? You really collectivize on a certain level when you are just a slave to the UN intellectual law. If you're a unique beast, you can understand decentralization is where it's at, baby, okay? Privatization. Uh, and Robert uh, skews toward uh, collectivism, definitely, and international law. It, I think he's got a good heart. I think he's got a good heart deep down. Um, he's definitely been, he got in a fight with one of the Weinsteins online and Weinstein ruled them. It was bad. Like he basically said Weinstein was a conspiracy theorist because he was open. He, he opened to the fact that in this crazy time that we live in, that there could be something in the a person in the Biden administration that wants to make the United States militarily weaker. He wasn't saying Weinstein wasn't saying that was the case that there's like a mole in the Biden administration that hates America that wants to make it so that China is, has an advantage over the United States. He wasn't saying that. But in such a crazy time that we live in, we've sadly gotten to a point where that sadly is possible. But he said because Weinstein said that was possible that he that Weinstein's crazy. And that's not true. That's not true. We've gotten to such a clown world where in any administration, there could be a it could be Trump's administration. There could be a mole from another country that is trying to hurt the United States military and hurt and help another military. And that once was pretty much impossible. You, you had to be crazy to think that, but come on guns after all the stuff with the virus and, you know, Biden has a, a, a you know, tries to tell us that the, this health sir general, this health general, who's a man dressed up like a woman, a fat man dressed up like a woman we're supposed to take health advice from. We've gotten to that point in the federal government. So, of course, the Chinese could send in someone, uh, you know, a mole that just works. And maybe there's so, I mean, who knows? Who, who knows what we, what we could have now? Um, like that competency is not cared for in the federal government. In, in the current regime, they have made it very clear that competency is not a thing. Diversity for the sake of diversity is the thing. They think that's good. They think it's... A, that's how you run something. Okay, let's see how things run with that. Yeah, they're not, um, you know, private companies, they still uh, care about um, elitism, okay? And we're going we're gonna to talk about elitism and competency in a second. Uh, all right, let's see. We, again, we don't have people asking. I, I see people saying, Adam, but I can't read your thing unless you do Bitcoin Meister or do a super chat. Uh all right, I want to talk more about uh, Greg Thomas, though. So we talked Robert Wright. Oh, and real quick, there's Salt, a, 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 a channel called Salt Tube. Look them up. Really generic economic stuff. Usually they had something on blockchain, but you see things from the corporatist, really oh, mainstream corporatist, like believe that that believe in freaking climate change and any other woke agenda. And so they, they try to tell things from this diversity perspective. It's pretty nauseating at times, 
but I even learned something from one of their blockchain videos. I was impressed. At the very end, they asked a question like, would you invest in Sam Bankman-Fried if you had a chance to again? But some of them had the chance to, and all of them said no. And one of them said, you know, I don't care how much money his next venture could be, all right? I am not investing in drug addicts. It was just so good because everybody knew at the very beginning that SBF and his dudes were hooked on like this Ritalin type of drugs, not your usual stuff, but like it's all this trendy stuff that people in the tech industry have said, oh, they look the other way. And it is wrong to look the other way, no matter how smart. And if someone is hooked on that Ritalin, whatever that stuff, I don't even know the name of it, but whatever Sam Bankman Free was hooked on, and his crew was hooked on, thought it was cool to talk about, tweet about. They weren't hiding it. And people still gave them money. So even from these generic normie sites, you can, you can gather some good, get good common sense stuff, all right, that like regular people have forgotten. Oh, so many crypto Bitcoin people forgot common sense. You know what? It might not be the best idea to throw money in a centralized entity whose crew just straight up uh, says they experiment with questionable drugs. <laughs> like that was a normal thing back in the day. Some normal people still remember that, but some people have become, you know, gone so far down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, they forgot about it. Uh, but they also forgot about centralizing. I mean, invest in the freaking, well, you know, my, my uh, unique beast take on investing in uh, Sam Batman free type of things is invest in the underlying Bitcoin is the underlying asset. Why, why third party? Why we're about disintermediation, not intermediation. Uh, invest in the underlying, the underlying, the underlying, the underlying is Bitcoin. That's the underlying asset. How many different ways do I have to say it? Uh, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not on the side of angels. I got to keep that line. I love that. Um, all right, Jay Thomas. My boy, uh, let, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, embrace the cultural lens. Individuals make up a culture. Racial and racial and uh, class-based ways of looking at life lead to envy and collectivism. These are conclusions I made uh, from Greg Thomas. Cultural appreciation and addition are not cultural appropriate. Okay, are not cultural appropriation. When you appreciate a culture and you add to it, you're not appropriating. You're not stealing from a culture. You're not degrading a culture, okay? And I don't even believe in the term of cultural appropriation. It's a leftist uh, insanity, okay? Uh, and again, Greg Thomas is a public uh, figure who needs more, uh, uh, more people to follow him. Culture is evolved. Race is primitive. I said this on a... Uh, um, <laughs> I could... I could I didn't say this before, but, you know, when we're talking about primitive things that, you know, are our animalistic side, we're talking about dogs smelling each other's tuchlessness, okay? That, I mean, that, that's the racial lens, okay? Um, yeah, yeah. Ra ra the race is a primitive and superficial and, su and simplistic observation while culture is evolved and nuanced uh, abstraction that uh, requires thinking to fully appreciate, strengthen your mind. Again, these are things I tweet out. Uh, but I've learned from, uh, you know, I, I've extrapolated from Greg Thomas, but if there's something specific here, 
I want to get to. Then I tweeted out, uh, where is it here? He was just saying that he had an article that elitism is 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 looked at down upon, and we should love we should love people who are the best violinist, okay, the best piano players, okay, and strive for that, strive for that type of thing. Uh, and I, I can't say that enough. And now I've lost my place. You know, we talk uh, here. Let me. We're getting near the end of the show, obviously, because I'm, I, I keep on uh, losing my place. And I, I got things about but banana peels to talk about. We talk about this. Uh, we talked about Bahrain and RFK. Oh, and yeah, the Democrat Party, it is weird that they've abandoned the people of New Hampshire. They, they really are trying to they're putting all their eggs in the, 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 uh, you know, the racial lens basket. They really, through Biden at least, maybe that's why they'll get rid of Biden. And, and you know, Gavin Newsom will do something different. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. Stop worshiping Trump is something I got. I told the CPAC people. Uh, we're not going to do that. I could talk about spring training. Oh man, I I'm really disappointed. We we talking about lizard brain and, and racial here. Uh, we talk about oh. wait, wait, wait. Hang on, people. Anyone got any questions here? Oh man, it's just something I'm I, I'm. Property uh, disinflation. I, I'm not going to talk about that. Mike, uh, I'm not going to talk about that either. Uh, feels like uh, ESG. Well, that is an interesting point. All right. Well, here's four things, four skills for a true education. Be your own social media manager. Be your own banker. Be your own teacher. Be your own doctor. Learn how to do that in life, people. And you will be successful. Um, I want to make a, a separate video about all of those things here. So that's a, a little bit of a, a preview. Oh, amphetamines. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what he would... Uh, Jordan Peterson's been pretty good lately too, but I, you know, I've, I've talked about Jordan Peterson. Um, he, I mean, he's been very prolific lately. So some of the guests that he's been, but I, all of you know about him. That's not, that's not anyone special. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm actually going to look at my old tweets right now and we're going to, we're going to end it, which is me freaking, you know, you guys should go to tech ball to see this Greg Thomas stuff that I've retweeted out. And uh, the, the Ordinals t-shirt that I tweeted out that another company um, that's going to give me uh, t-shirts uh, that you guys should uh, check out. But uh, where's this? Oh, yeah. God, the, the clown world thing where the girl rage quits because a, a, a straight man says he would not have intercourse with a man who has removed his you know what from him. 
that that's like a bad thing that they, you know, straight men say it is not straight to want to have intercourse with a man who has removed his uh, genitalia. Yeah, the dude's still a man, of course. But that that's there. There's a there's a woke girl out there who went crazy. She said, "How could you? Uh, how can you say something that horrible? That a, 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 if a man doesn't want to have intercourse with a, another man, that he's a that he's you know, well then if a man wants to have intercourse with another man, that he's a homosexual. Yeah, that's that's if a, a straight man can want to have intercourse with a man who has chopped off his genitalia. No, that's not straight. It's not straight." when you as a man want to have intercourse with another man, just because that man removed his genitalia. And there's a, I re, I retweeted uh, that also. Jeez, a whiz. I, I, I got to find this Greg Thomas thing before I go. I know. I hope you're all p- playing this at uh, 2X. Here we go. My Lord. Strive for elitism. Mastery, knowledge, and wisdom. That is what should be admired. That is what I concluded from in a in a democracy, can elitism be good? And that was what Greg Thomas's article was t- titled. In a democracy, can elitism be good? He said, yes, elitism is good. Elitism is a good thing. The word e- elitism has just got a derogatory, it's it just been taken down. A, a, people have dirtied it up. It is something that we should respect because mastery, knowledge, and wisdom. These are all important things to understand, to strive for, to to, to be a master of something, to be knowledgeable, to be wise. Have been flushed down the toilet by impulsive, trendy, fitting in, illogical philosophies that are backward destructive philosophies. So there you go. Um, Let's see if anyone else, that's what I wanted to get to. Uh, Let me make sure again, uh, we covered everything. RFK, yes, Vivek, Abraham Accords, Marx. Has everybody had a good time today? Pound that like button if you had. Spread spread the word, dudes. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Purim Sameach. Happy Purim. Get, do what you got to do tomorrow or starting tonight on Purim. Read the Megillah. Be with your family. Eat some hamantashen. It's not healthy, but okay. Shabbat Shalom on Friday. There'll be some new show, more new shows coming soon. More t-shirts also. It's linked to below where you can get t-shirts. Uh, so the, the next three, hopefully the next three shows of mine, there'll be an, an, another new t-shirt any, every time. Thank you for all of those that have contributed and that will contribute and that are unique beasts out there. Fitting in is overrated. Pound that like button. Watch Brian, UK Bitcoin master in a half hour. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks.